Well, welcome. It's good to be together. We are here to bring equipping to you, and we're so excited to do that. And today, we're going to really dig into a topic that is super important to me. It's important to my family. It's important to the church, and that is Christian men investing in young boys, Christian women investing in young girls. And we've got a great guest with us today to do that. And so my friend, introduce yourself <laughs> and share with us a little bit about who you are and, yeah. and what you do. Joel, thanks for having me. First and foremost, I'm a husband of 22 years, got three kids. So when we talk about the next generation, a lot of what I do and have done is for Scotty, Shauna, and Shane. They're from 18 to 10 years old. Teach full-time at Biola University in the apologetics department. Then I just get to write, speak, and do communication all over social media. I'm a communicator. And really, my lane is worldview and apologetics, but with a heartbeat for the next generation for reasons that I'm sure we'll get into. Yeah. Well, it's, it's good to be together. And uh, I, uh, I've been married for 22 years, and I've got nine, nine. kids. Nine? Nine kids. Wow. Ranging from age 20 to age five. Amazing. And so uh, it's important to me that we invest mm. in the next generation. We invest in our kids. And... So one of the things I think it might be be good to to start with is why, 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 why should we make an investment in kids? Why should we make an investment in students? What are some of those reasons from your perspective? Well, I'd say a few things. Probably everybody watching this had at least one person intentionally invest in them. They wouldn't be here at this church. Wouldn't be watching this. If it wasn't a parent. Wasn't a, a teacher who was a Christian a youth pastor, an uncle, a neighbor, somebody who invested in them. And it's easy to forget the role that people have played for us as we move into a different stage. So in some ways, it's just kind of passing forward what has been passed to us. That's the first reason. Second, it's biblical. Deuteronomy 6.4 talks about teaching these things to your kids when you lie down, when you get up, when you walk along the road, etc., the Bible talks a ton about intentionally passing on faith to the generation that comes behind us. The third reason is there's always been challenged to pass on the faith. But I think with this generation today, Gen Z and then this younger generation, because of the smartphone, they have more challenges intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, morally than probably any other generation at the tip of their fingers. So for those reasons and many more, <clears throat> it's kind of like all hands on deck yeah. to reach this generation. Because the way I sometimes put it is if we don't intentionally raise up this generation to think Christianly, they will unintentionally adopt the ideas of the world in which we live. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I would term our culture is just the term decaying. I, mm. I see that our, from my perspective, our culture is just decaying. Mm. And that decay eats away. It, it eats away at my kids. It eats away at our kids. And it's, it's like corrosive. And when you, as you've been working with kids, students, parents, as you've been working even at the university level, what are some of those agents of decay that you're seeing in our culture that are really coming after kids, coming after students, coming after young people? Well, I think the medium by which young people are getting 
alternative ideas and worldviews is through social media and through smartphones. I'm not against social media. I'm not against smartphones. I have both. Two of my three kids have both. But there's so many, think about it this way. I'm gonna take a step back. My father is an apologist. He's written a ton of books. And when he would speak in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, outside of university classroom, and maybe in, you know, maybe if you turn on MTV or certain smaller settings, there was access to our kids with alternative worldviews. Now it's on TikTok. We know it's on Disney Plus. It's coming through Netflix. It's in the educational system. It's in the university system. It's now seeping through businesses. It's kind of the air we breathe. It's everywhere. So I don't care if you live out in the middle of nowhere and homeschool your kids. This culture is finding a way to get to your kids. But I don't say that to create a sense of fear because that's not how I parent. That's not how we're called to be, uh, I think, believers in Christ and called to parent. But the reality is it's everywhere. It's everywhere. So again, if we're not intentional about the conversations we have, about building relationships with kids, about teaching them to engage media thoughtfully, they're just going to imbibe so many of the ideas around them. How, how, how valuable and important is that Christian man, that mm. Christian woman who faithfully presents themselves in a life of a young boy or a young girl to mm. come against that erosion so I'm glad you asked it this way, because I, I would use words like you did, decay, corrosion, in a lot of different reasons. But here's a fact we miss. At least since 1972, the number one influence in the life of a young person has stayed the same. And it's not the educational system. It's not Hollywood. It's not social media. It's mom and it's dad. Number one. All the studies show that. So that means we, in a sense, have the power and the influence with our kids. Now, behind that are other key relationships. Grandma and grandpa play a big difference. A coach can play a huge role. An uncle, like somebody who invests in the life of a young person relationally, can play a huge difference. So sometimes we miss how important that is. Now, I'll tell you for faith transmission, I've done, I mean, I've read almost every book and every study I can on why kids leave the faith. One of the most significant ones comes from a professor at USC. His name is Vern Bankston. And they studied 35 years, 3,500 people, four generations. And he published it in a book called Faith and Families with Oxford Press. So this is a legitimate study. And they're trying to see what factors are most significant in faith transmission. And I'll be honest with you, one of the big things that rocks faith transmission is divorce. That's a reality, what they showed in this study. They said grandparents are also more significant now than people realized and were in the past. They said the most important single factor in faith transmission is a, quote, warm relationship with the father. Number one. Now, that doesn't make the mom unimportant. Let's face it, when a child is born, you and I both live in California, and this is still true, although people are trying to change it. When a child is born, a mom is present. That's the way it works. Dad tends to be more of a wild card. So it doesn't make 
the dad more important than mom, but there is some powerful statistical connection about a warm relationship with the father. So we have to teach truth to the next generation, but that relational connection is pivotal and it shouldn't surprise us when we look at scripture. So you ask the question, how important is it? That relationship is the heart of everything. If we don't have it, our kids aren't gonna listen to what we say if the relationship is there and we're not living it, it's gonna go in one ear and out the other. So if, if, if I'm a dad, which I am, and I got kids, which I do, and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, uh, should I be doing something biblically with my kids? Should I be make, yeah, probably, do I know how to do it? I'm not sure, maybe I'll just have the church do it for me, you know, and I'll just bring my kids to church and then, you know, they can make the spiritual investment. Like, how do we encourage the Christian man? How do we encourage the Christian man how critical it is to really step up to lead and to pour their life into their kids, their own kids? So I taught at a Christian school full-time for a decade. Now, since I've been at Bio the last 10 years, I've done it part-time. This is my 10th year. And I would have parents do the same thing that you get at the church. You raise my kids. You teach in the Bible. And the reality is I saw it clear as day. If their parents were not doing it, it doesn't matter how many books I've written and how much speaking I do and what qualifications I think I have. I am down the list of being able to influence this kid in the classroom three days a week, in the church one or two days a week compared to those that are with kids regularly in relationship. It's just reality. So these kids need somebody to step in, in particular a mom and a dad and other significant adults is what makes the difference. It does. So if you think, well, I didn't have that and I turned out fine, I'd say the world has totally changed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah It's completely it changed. It There's has. so many more <laughs> challenges yeah. that this generation is facing hmm. and they need adults. I guess the thing hmm. I'd say, if I had to say one thing to the adult who's saying this, I'd say, you know what? When you get to the end of your life, whenever that is, hmm. the question is what's gonna really matter? how much money you made, size your home, your career, you're not gonna care about those things. You're not. But what you're going to care about is the lives you've influenced yeah. behind you coming after. Yeah. That's gonna give you meaning. That's gonna be rich. Hmm. That would be on my encouragement to somebody who's spending their time out doing something else. Yeah. That stuff is gonna fade. But what you pour into somebody's life, mm -hmm. that lasts for eternity. I'm glad you, you used the phrase pour. You know, Paul talks mm. about that, that he poured his life out like a, like a drink offering on the sacrifice of, of, mm. of faith for others, you know. Let's talk about what the Christian man and what the Christian woman pours out mm. into the life of the young boy or the young girl. What, what's the good stuff that we want to encourage people to pour out into the lives mm. of young people? You know, it's interesting. When you look at, like, it's hard to make this formulaic, but if you were, number one would be, you've got to be living in your life a way that's compelling to younger people, your faith, your relationships, number one. Number two, just building relationships with kids, caring about them, spending time with them, 
getting to know him. And then third, it shows just having meaningful spiritual conversations in relationships, not forced ones, not always formal time, but that can happen organically when you're just in relationship with kids, in relationship with kids. So one of the things I try to do, I wrote, I wrote a book with a friend of mine who's a former atheist. He's a cold case detective. And it was on reaching the next generation. And as we were talking, we're like, if we come up with some new plan for people, maybe 2% of people will do it. Everyone else will do it for a week or two and then stop and feel guilty that they didn't do it. Mm. What if we could teach people to more strategically use the opportunities that are already present? That's a different way of thinking. Mm. That's doable for people. Mm. So sometimes I'll say, I'll say to adults, pour out what? I'll say, if you like to work on cars, yeah. do you know a young person likes to work on cars? Yeah. Well, maybe they could learn something from them. And you don't have to have some deep Bible study. You get to know them, you teach them, mm. and you just pour your life and care into this person. And then chances are you're going to have a chance to pray with this young person, ask about their faith, speak into a minimally just model being a Christian man or a Christian woman. Mm. That's what mentoring is. It's asking, what am I already doing in my life? And how do I include a young person along with me. So I showed up and you're like, oh, I heard your son has come. When I travel, I try to bring my son or my daughter. Yeah. Didn't work out this time, but I mm. try to think through what are things I'm already doing, do it with my kids or with other kids. And then relationally, you're just pouring into them and opportunities will arise to have meaningful conversations because you've built that relationship. That's great. When, when my wife and I were teenagers, mm. uh, a woman who was a, an older Christian woman told my wife, look, I can't stop my life for you, mm. but I can invite you to come along with me in my life. And I got all these things going on and I'm a mom and I got stuff I got to do. Wow. And if you want to come along with me, I want to invite you mm. to be a part of my life. And I, mm. I thought, that's pretty cool. You know, when I think about like reverse engineering what I saw as a kid mm -hmm. and what I remember as really special, I remember Christian men and Christian women who I understood, they like had a real relationship with God. Mm. And they were always there. That's like what I remember. Like they had a real relationship with God and they were always there. They were always super mm. faithful. Mm super consistent mm. you can like count on when you showed up they'd be there they'd be present mm. and i go what, what do you think about when when you look when you kind of think about those when you were younger and and you what are the themes that like stick out to you of the people who really made a difference in your life i could start to make a list of certain people some people reached out and intentionally just recognized who i was what was interesting to me mm. and in some ways just paid attention to me, yeah. whether it was coming to my sporting events, inviting me to things that were going on. Uh, it's, it's not that hard. I mean, it's not rocket science. I love that example. I'll probably use that, what, what this lady said to your wife. That's something all of us can do. I think it was people who were there who listened with me, who just cared about me, um, and then invested time in me. And it looks different at different stages in your life, right? Like in high school, it's going to look different than college, than grad school when you're first married. 
So you might be at a stage where you can pour into somebody maybe who's not seven years old, that's not going to fit, but maybe somebody who's 15, maybe yeah. somebody who's 22 because of the stage that they're at. But what an opportunity, what a privilege. I guarantee you this lady who poured into your mom, you know, looking back on her life, all those things she was doing, she had to do for her life. But what gave that meaning was having, I think I said your mom, was having your wife who was present. Yeah. That makes things so much more meaningful. Hmm. That's awesome. Any, anything else that you'd want to share uh, just to just encourage those who are watching and, and just bring a, bring a word of equipping or challenge or encouragement? What, is there anything else that you'd want to share? You know, I just say you don't you don't have to be an expert. Hmm. Yeah. Sometimes people think, well, the pastor, like we said, the Bible yeah. teacher would do it, the youth pastor will do it. You know, I, I think this generation, I think their heart is to be called the beloved. Hmm. So much of social media is if you just take a step back and analyze it, so many in this generation are just saying, Will you see me? Do you know that I exist? Will you like this video? Will you comment? It's a heart cry. It's hmm. a heart cry. So you don't have to be an expert. The other thing is there's so much identity politics today that you can be reduced down to your economic class, your race, your hmm. sexuality, some factor about you. And what that does, or your generation, is it makes us feel like I can't relate to that person because I don't share their... Hmm qualities, whatever they are, and it emphasizes the differences yeah. over what we have in common. Hmm. Well, there are differences, and they're not unimportant to how we see the yeah. world, but our similarities transcend hmm. any of those differences, our hmm. common humanity. So if you look at this generation, you're like, I don't even know how they talk, how they dress, how they use social hmm. media. That's just the trappings. When you get down to it, you have far more in common with this generation then you do difference. Mm. And I'm telling you, I work this generation. They are hungry mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. caring adults mm -hmm. to just, like you said, pour into them. Mm. So recently, my son showed up to his mm. small group at youth group, and none of the other boys were there. So he ends up being there with two of the leaders, and they said, okay, the two of us are here, and we have one boy. Let's just go get yogurt. I love it. So they just left church all together and went down the street to the yogurt shop, and they just went and had yogurt together. And when mm. my son came home that night, he was like, it was awesome mm. because these two guys took me out to yogurt, mm. and we just had yogurt together. And it's amazing when... Men and women who love Jesus invest in young boys and young girls and the impact that they will make. And you know what? That wasn't that hard. Yeah. My, my mother-in-law was coming up, and I was going to retreat with my wife and my daughter. And I got the idea. I was like, you know, I don't wonder if she would be interested in taking my younger son out for yogurt. So I sent her a text. I was like, hey, if you got a chance to come early, take him out to yogurt. I know he'd love it. She's like, what a great idea. Picked him up from school, took him to yogurt, and then we met him that night. Small thing. It's not rocket science. Yeah. But my son loved it. Made him feel special, just like your son. Yeah. It's not that hard. All of us can do these kinds of things in the life of a young person. I think we'll end on that note right there. And so thank you so much for spending time with us. Sure. Sharing your life, sharing your ministry. 
And for everyone who's watching, the two of us extend a challenge to you that as a Christian man, as a Christian woman, take a young boy or a young girl out to yogurt this week mm. and spend some time with a kid over some good yogurt and just pour your life into them and love them as the Lord loves them. Thanks for being with us. We're going to continue to equip. We're going to continue to bring resourcing. And we look forward to being with you again real soon.